Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hi, everybody. Uh, I always wish I could sing, and then like I would start this with some beautiful song, but uh, I won't put you through that because you wouldn't want to hear it. So I hope everybody's doing terrific. In the opening, I say let's talk about angels, guides, and loved ones on the other side. So let's talk about that and so much more. Several questions in and around the topic of, okay, what does this even look like? When I see these out-of-body beings, what what do they look like? Can everybody do this? And how did all of this even happen for me? So I'm going to go back to... As an adult, when I reopened to this, how did it unfold for me? I hear so many people going through spiritual awakenings right now and getting bits and pieces of this, and their question is, am I losing my mind? Is this for real? What is happening? So let me share with you what my experience was and understand that that doesn't mean it's your experience. Everybody is unique. I'm guessing you've heard of the Claire's, Clairaudient, Clairsentinent all those Claire's, right? So I happen to be, I have all of those. So my experience with entities kind of depends on maybe, I don't know how they choose which Claire to use. Is it my mood? Is it what I'm especially tuned into at that moment? Or is it what's easiest for them? No idea. But there are many. And so just be open to how they can reach out to you and what that feels like to you. So when I started this again, when I reopened at um, in my 30s, because my second, my middle child was three years old, sitting on the floor playing with the spirit. And I happened to see her and she was trying to hand a toy up to the spirit. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. So fine, I will do this. Okay. The universe is infinite wisdom. Correct? So before that even happened, the universe was kind of priming me. Now I know that. At the time, I was like, what in the world is going on? So I had just moved into Texas at this point. Obviously, I didn't know anybody. I had no family or friends here. That's a whole different conversation. But things, after living here a few months, things kind of started happening like, Oh, you know, I'm a single mom with two girls. And you know, when you walk into your house, you can feel that things are different. You can tell if somebody's been in there, you can feel the energy. And that would happen. I would get home from work and, and I was like, somebody's been in here. I, you know, I could just feel it. Sometimes things would be moved. Not necessarily, not the big stuff, like not furniture, but something would not be in the place it was supposed to be. And I admit, I'm a little bit anal about that. I want things in their place, but they weren't there. They would be someplace else. And in the girl's bedroom, they with their toys, one of the girls had this doll that was hilarious. I mean, I don't remember the name of it, but when you picked it up or squeezed it or something, it would start like belly laughing. Oh my gosh, right? You have to laugh when you hear a child or a baby belly laughing. So it was it was this great toy. But nobody would be in that room and the doll would start laughing. And then it wasn't quite as funny as it was if somebody was holding it. Because even though I had experience with these 
things, but I had blocked them and now they were coming up and I thought, what is going on? So I was so sure that somebody had been coming in. I called, I had rented this place. I had to move really fast. So I found this uh, duplex that I was renting. I called my landlord who, thank goodness, was wonderful. He was this wonderful, amazing retired gentleman who had built these duplexes and took great care of them. And I called him and said, I think somebody's been coming in here and I'm really uncomfortable. Would you mind changing the locks? I was about to leave for spring break to go take my kids on a trip with my dad. And he said, there's nobody else that has keys. Nobody's been in there. I said, no, I'm sorry. And I don't mean to be a pest, but I know that somebody's been in here. So he very, very sweet and graciously came and changed the locks for me before I went out of town and I felt much better. So we came back and for a day or two, it was fine. And then this stuff started happening again. And not long after that is when Marissa was sitting on the floor and I saw her playing with the spirit and I was like, ah, okay. Then everything made sense, right? As far as that man was concerned, nobody had been in, although clearly energies had been in there. Sort of like trying to give me a tap on the shoulder and get my attention and I didn't want anything to do with it. So once I agreed to step into this again, mainly to teach my kids and mediate for them, it was like all of those years that I had closed that door, I hung up the business out of business sign and refused to accept and acknowledge any of this, is like the floodgate opened and all of this paranormal stuff came flooding in. And I have to say, again, the universe in its infinite wisdom knew how to give me shock value and humor because if you want to get to me, use humor. That's, that's always a good way. And so this is what happened. If it had just kind of dribbled in and a few things here or there, it probably would have been a nuisance to me and I would have been irritated. So they made it really in my face. So what happened? You know, there were so many things. I don't even remember a sequence of events because, let's see, that child is now 25. So it was a few years ago. Just going to tell you some things that happened, but I can't swear to the sequence of events here. I do remember that one of the first things that started happening was that I had a chandelier hanging over the dining room table and light bulbs were would just like go out, burn out really quickly. I was literally changing light bulbs in that every other day, which I had not had to do up until that point. Then like music would randomly just turn on for no apparent reason and CDs would be moved. Yeah. Okay, 20 years ago, right? Over 20 years ago. So yes, we listened to CDs and one might be placed in the the CD player that I had not put there. So I was like, okay, I guess somebody really enjoyed that music. Things, small things would be moved around um, in addition to the CDs. Let me think. Oh yeah, so one night, so this was a little concerning to me. This one made me uncomfortable. I woke up in the morning and my closet door was open, not wide open, but it was a jar and there were a bunch of pennies in my closet on the floor. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what to think of that. That's a little bit weird. And what the heck? So it's like things got, I think they were building. And then at one point, at some point in this time, I went to see my grandmother. I traveled out of state to see my grandmother and she gave me some clothes that were grandma clothes that, you know, weren't my style, but 
loved her dearly and thanked her for the clothes. So a few nights later, I was awakened in the middle of the night and I, it was so funny. It was like, I looked up and at the foot of my bed were my grandmother's clothes, like a shirt that she had given me. I don't, I think it was just shirts that she gave me, but I saw this shirt that was one of hers and it was like at the foot of my bed, no body attached to it. It was just the clothes. And I just looked at it and really I thought, now who would be wearing my grandmother's clothes? That is very interesting. And it lasted a while and I was trying to ask, who are you? What? And I did not get any communication, just the clothes. So the next day, of course, I'm problem solving in detective mode. Who would be doing that and why? Well, during this period of time, the other thing I started doing was going to, I thought, I need clarity, some answers. It reminded me of my childhood when I had all these questions and nobody could answer and I would try to find books. So where'd I go? To the bookstore. And I finally decided, okay, I'm just going to let the energy tell me which books I need. So I went to the metaphysical part section of the bookstore and closed my eyes and just ran my hand. And I'm sure many of you have done this just along the books. And when a book, it was always uh, heat. I would feel heat generating from a book. Then I would open my eyes and it would be a title that seemed like it would work for me. So I'd kind of flip through it and always ended up buying that book. Now I had heard of spirit guides, but I really did not know much about them. So the, just the fact that that was a book that was, I was drawn to was about spirit guides and I was reading through it and some of that resonated with me. So I've kind of pieced together that it was my spirit guide that was wearing my grandmother's clothes because at that time in my mind, as I was thinking, what does a spirit guide represent to me? What kind of energy would that be? It was sort of a grandmotherly energy. Like I was very close to my grandmother and I don't know, for some reason I just associated a spirit guide energy with that. So it made perfect sense that that's how my spirit guide would show up to me, would be in my grandmother's clothes. I said, okay, well, great. All right, so I'll go with that. And I was still very unsure as to how all of the communication was supposed to happen. One thing that started big time during this was the earthbounds coming in. Now, I've talked about them, and they would show up as they were in life, in clothes that they would have been wearing and so forth. Someone emailed me, and I'm sorry I don't remember the name, and asked, well, how did those look? And weren't their clothes dirty or old or worn? No, because they were frozen time. And they're not physical bodies. They're projecting their energy. So I saw their energy as they would have been, and they were projecting their physicality, including their clothes. So many of the earthbounds looked like that. That was easy to communicate with them, but then when I'm talking now, okay, I've got this spirit guide who just shows me clothes, and I'm not sure what that sounds like. It felt like a different energy, so I was floundering a little bit. So around this period of time is when I found the angel board, and that just seemed like a really great way to communicate, and it was. Through the angel board, I was able to talk to my, initially talk to my spirit guide and get a little more information she told me her name was Faceta, and but really told me I needed to be listening. So when I was trying to use the angel board to communicate with her, what would come back is, listen, just listen. Well, okay, great. So if you have listened to my podcast and you heard the podcast quite a long time ago about my 
my ring, the miracle with my ring when my mom was terminal. I thought, okay, great. You know, I know that it was an angel. I know, well, I didn't know that. I knew it was a miracle that I got that ring. So I'm going to find out how this happened using my angel board. Who gave me the ring? And yes, it was an angel. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. What was the angel's name? And they said, just a friend. You know, it's like they don't necessarily have names. We think that's important. They don't always have names. So that was very cool. That board truly gave me a launching pad, I think, for a way to identify different energies. In fact, I honestly think I really had not realized because I had given absolutely zero thought to the fact that different beings have different energies, like angels and guides have a different level of energy versus earthbounds. So that was, all this was happening so fast. And all of my childhood questions, I think the universe was going, okay, we've got your back this time. You had all these questions, you walked away from it, so we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. We've got you covered. And the angel board was just a beautiful platform for that. And I, I had fun using it, never used it by myself, always had like-minded people. That's, you know, different questions, different podcasts there. But it was a beautiful launching pad for me. And then what ended up happening, once I got to the comfort level and the understanding of the different entities, and it's sort of like tuning in a radio station when you're talking to angels, it's one frequency, guides is another, loved ones is a different one, animals, all, you know, every, every kind of group has its own energy level. So once I understood that, then when I would try to use the angel board, always they would spell out, listen. I thought, oh no. So then I actually, it was this very cool segue. They would spell it out and then I actually started hearing as they spelled out listen, I would hear them say listen. And then the the cursor or whatever that thing is called, stop moving. And all I would hear is listen. So that was the universe's way of, I think, weaning me away from exterior tools to just going within and using, developing abilities and trusting those abilities. So that was sort of also my introduction to angels. Now, I always knew, no, I always believed that we had angels, guardian angels and so forth. And I really never gave that a whole lot of thought as to how it all works. I really sound kind of clueless. And I think I was, I just went through life feeling like things happen when I'm supposed to know about it, especially these paranormal things. And if it hasn't happened, I don't need to know about it <laughs> because there was a little more than I cared to find out sometimes anyway. So that really, this period of time really launched me into the whole thing. So what else? Let me think. Oh, I think I've shared some of the other fun things that happened during this time with Earthbounds, with the uh, with other entities like that will help it step in and help. They're very, very helpful. Like I had something warming up in the microwave and my daughter called me in the bathroom because the toilet was overflowing. So I went running into the bathroom, leaving the food in the microwave realizing it's going to be burned to a crisp, but some wonderful helper stopped the microwave at the exact perfect time and the food was perfect. So grateful for that one. All right, I'm pretty sure I did a podcast on the shaman that was in my bedroom and I won't go into the whole thing right now. Just kind of a summary was again in the middle of the night, I was awakened very 
much awake. It was not a dream. And both of my girls were in bed with me, one on each side. And I heard a shaman, a Native American shaman, in my room. Now, I did not see him, but he was very clearly present, and he was shaking a turtle rattle. And I did not have a little end table on one side of my bed, but there happened to be a table that apparently the shaman put there, and it had a white candle burning on the table. And the shaman was dancing through my room, around the whole room, chanting prayer the whole time and shaking his rattle. And it was loud. It got louder and louder. And I mean, to the fact, I'm looking at my kids going, is it? The, is anybody else hearing this? Is this only in my head? How is not this not waking everybody up? And it went on for a long time and became so loud. I was trying to plug my ears and I was saying to him, thank you, thank you, but please not so loud. And I don't know how long it went on. I eventually fell back to sleep. And the next morning, the table and candle were gone when I woke up. And so was the shaman. And I thought, what in the world was that about? So again, reflecting, really thinking about it, trying to feel about it more than think about it. I came to the conclusion that with all of the energy and all of the beings, the entities that were coming through the house, the the shaman was clearing space for me. He was just clearing and protecting White candles are protection, and he was singing and and praying and chanting and doing a dance. So it was, I felt that, and the energy was different. I felt a a lighter, higher vibration in the house. So I learned a couple things from that. One, the universe truly has your back and sends you protection, even when you don't know you need it or what that protection should look like. And I became a big user of white candles. I felt like that was a really good way to help clear energy, set the tone. I also, that's when I started using sage because I knew that cleared. I had used it before, but not very often. I started using sweetgrass, juniper, or cedar with it because while the sage clears negativity, those bring in or promote positive energy to come in and setting intentions. This is also when those two really huge angels were posted outside my door that was very amazing. So what did they look like? They looked like what you would see as like archangels. They were very, very tall. They did have wings and they were dressed, I think it was Roman, like like Roman soldiers. I mean, they meant business. They were serious and they meant business and they were very intimidating. That's how they appeared to me. Faseda, my spirit guide, my grandmother-like spirit guide, only ever appeared to me in my grandmother's clothes. That was, I thought, really, really interesting. So, and then earthbounds would show up in their form that, that they were when they died, except if it was an accident, there was no blood or gore or, you know, however they would have looked when they died. And that is because I specifically asked my spirit guides to block that. Said, I'm willing to do this work. However, I don't want to see what the corpse looked like. Let me see them when they were whole and healthy, please. And that has always been the case. So when I see other people that have crossed over, uh, I've gotten questions, what do they look like? All right, so a variety, quite honestly. Sometimes they look to me like, you know, when say it's dark outside and you've got a light on in the house and you're, you're in the house and you look in a window and you see your own reflection or you see the reflection of other things in your house, 
So it's a reflection, but it's pretty clear that's often what they look like to me. Other times, I only see what they are really wanting me to talk about. For example, I may have talked about this. I was actually teaching and was talking to another teacher, and her grandmother had just recently died, but they had not yet had the funeral. And her grandmother showed up. Now, this family was very, very religious, very Southern Baptist religious. And her grandmother showed up, and I'm at work, where I typically tried to block all of this. And her grandmother was telling me, it was so funny because she was, she was very persistent and just standing there and standing there. And I was trying to ignore her and she started saying, tell her, just tell her. And I thought, oh, I, I can't tell her. I'm at work. I can't tell her. Tell her. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I finally said, um, your grandmother's here. And of course she was like, oh God, right? Didn't believe that. And I said, but she's, but you know, there's still that curiosity, honestly. I mean, if somebody said that to you, oh, one of your loved ones is here, wouldn't you kind of have a little curiosity? So she did. I was very grateful she did not get angry because I was really kind of expecting that. And I just jumped on that opportunity and said, your grandmother's just telling me to tell you that she's here. And she said, well, what, you know, what? And I, so it was really interesting because this again was when I was pretty new to this opening back up. And so I looked back over and all I could, I could see like sort of a, the sort of her grandmother, but what I saw best was what she was wearing again, the clothes. And that I said, I, you know, for some reason I didn't hear her. I just felt, it was just that knowing that she wanted me to tell her granddaughter what she was wearing. And I told her this is for some reason that's important. She wants me to tell you that she's wearing this really simple blue dress. And I kind of described it and that this, this teacher's jaw just dropped open and she went a little pale and she said, my mom is shopping today for a dress to bury her in. And that's what she's looking for is a simple blue dress. And I thought, well, she found it or she's going to find it because <laughs> your grandma's wearing it. So that often happens. It's only what they want me to see is the body part or the clothing or the vehicle, or whatever it is. That's what comes through. That doesn't mean that's what would come through for everybody. For me, that's how it is. And sometimes I don't even see them really. I feel their energy and feel their presence. And that seems to be when they really want me to talk about their personality. That comes across really great because, you know, somebody can be in the room with you and you're not looking at them, but you can feel their presence. And so there's an energy with your personality. So oftentimes that is the very first thing that will come across is what was it? Were they very light and easy and full of laughter and joking around or were they very serious? Uh, so a lot of times that is how they come in first. And sometimes that's the only way they come in. It's just about a personality. Back to the angels. So the angels that were posted outside, I said, were big with, with wings. I think I would say archangels always appear that way to me. There have been a few times that I've seen them and that's always, they're always very, very huge. And they always have the wings. That's, it's kind of like the picture that you would expect to see. And that's an archangel. Other angels, like guardian angels, sometimes are, are lights. They just appear as lights. And what I've noticed as I've progressed with this, I don't always see them 
as much as I feel them. When angels come in, I always get dizzy, very lightheaded and a little bit dizzy. I used to hear some ringing in my ears. I don't hear that with the angels so much anymore. They come in to get your attention, I think. And once you get used to the energy of how they feel, then some of that can shift. So a ringing in my ears is not a pleasant sensation. I kind of like the lightheaded because that is a for sure 100% the angels are here clue for me. And that was one of the first clues that I, that I got from the angels. So they've, they've maintained that one. I like that. Other angels, like I made a comment that I was driving past a pet cemetery and saw angels in there. And I love this. So Jess asked me, okay, what if you would have stopped? How did those light, how did those angels look? Were they just lights? Or if I would have gone into that cemetery, could have I had talked with them? And you know what? That's a great idea. And that's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that. This is what I think about what happened at that time. I was really just opening back up to all of the possibilities. I had opened that to where I was, and now I was extending beyond that into the whole universal love and what, it, what are all the possibilities. So the universe was showing me. And I think, you know, I had driven past that cemetery I don't know how many times. So it's not coincidence that I happened to be driving past it again, and this is the time that I saw the angels in there. It was, again, the universe showing me that angels are around our animals, too, that they are, there are so many angels with so many different jobs, and they can appear in different ways. It never even occurred to me to stop, to pull into there and check. I was just grateful and amused and comforted and all of different kinds of emotions at that point, just kind of taking it all in. Maybe I should have stopped. That would have been a good experiment, I guess. But I I don't know. I just know that they got the message across to me <laughs> in a fun way. All right, so spirit guides. So Faseda always just showed up wearing my grandmother's clothes. I didn't see a body. I've written a meditation that I use in our Conscious Connection series to meet your spirit guide. And in that, you kind of choose what you think they should show up as because they don't have bodies, right? And they really don't have a form. So they can show up, they can take a form, and they can take a name just to give us something to relate to and maybe make us feel a little bit better, but it's not necessary for them. So... I have created in my mind initially when I was trying to connect that different versions and they would show up sometimes in that version. One thing I've learned through all of this is there is no black and white. There is no, it always is this way or it never is this way. That I would be very remiss, I think, to try to say that there are absolutes. So to say that I've, my spirit guides never show up to me in a certain way or give me a name would not be accurate. However, Faseda, because Faseda didn't, I didn't see her physically, I saw the clothes, she did give me a name. And it was a name that I would not have made up or I would not have come up with. So that was one way that I knew that was genuine. My spirit guide that I have now that's very active with me when I do sessions came in and he did give me a name and a very visual of him. And he it's a Native American shaman and he comes in dressed in traditional clothing and 
sits with his legs crossed and his turtle rattle and chants for me to help me clear space and bring in the other spirit guides and set the tone. And he gave me his name. That's the first time that's happened that I have had that whole package with clients. Um, hey, Rick. <laughs> so Rick was one of the first people that we talked about his spirit guide and his guide, this cracks me up, always shows up to me as a beach bum. I think that is hilarious. He always is like on the beach. There's a surfboard. He's got sandy colored hair. He has a big, bright smile. That's just the way he shows up for me. That doesn't mean that's how he shows up for Rick. Sometimes guides will show up and they are, all I see is a cloak, like maybe a monk's cloak. No face, just the cloak. And that is an indicator to me that it's a guide. So if you're trying to connect with your guide, if you want them to show up in a specific way for you, if you want them to look a specific way or you want them to come to a specific name, ask them to do that. They are really unattached to those material or physical circumstances. So you can request that that's how they show up. Um, if you don't want to create a name for them, ask them for a name. And then just be open, like whatever first comes to you. And you might even say, would you let me hear your name like three times today? Just to give yourself that sense of security. And then, but don't be attached. It might be something completely surprising to you, or it might be something maybe like a dog's name that you were very close to. So something that already touches your heart. Well, this is quite a journey. Every day, every time I have a session with someone, I am in awe because I never know what's going to happen. It's completely led by the guides. I will say that I have gotten to where I don't enjoy mediumship with loved ones as much because it can be so emotional. I'm a Capricorn, but they do come through. What I ask is that my guides just handle it. And this, what the sessions that I do now, my guides actually suggested. So it boils down to how long do you want to spend with this? We can go for an hour, which will be just an overview. Two hours is very in-depth. And we go very deep with the soul lessons. And I found that, that those are working absolutely beautifully. And I'm amazed every single time. Sometimes loved ones come through. Sometimes they don't. I can't, I don't guarantee that because what my arrangement with the guides is, the guides lead it and it's very much about your soul growth and, and it may include your family, the people close to you, it may include their soul growth and family, loved ones may or may not come through. It depends on how relevant it is at that time. So it's pretty cool, and I hope that you are loving your spiritual path, and this is giving you some insight and encouragement. I do believe that we can all nurture and foster and grow these abilities, and I love getting questions. You can get me for an email at majana at lifeafterliferadio.com, and please check out our website. It is soulfoodtalks, S-O-U-L, foodtalks.com. And we have some freebies on there. There are sessions listed on there. And we would love to hear from you. So I hope you all have a terrific, beautiful day. And until next time, namaste.